Welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. In today's session, we will continue our discussion of the Charlotte Lozier Institute's recent report on the pregnancy help movement. To download your copy of the report, visit www.heartbeatinternational.org podcast. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Jarrell Godsey, president of Heartbeat International. Uh, we're a network of pregnancy centers that has been around since 1971, the very first established in the United States. And uh, part of this report that's just been released from the Charlotte Lizard Institute, uh, we had our privilege of working with a great team there on this, uh, along with our friends at CareNet and NIFLA and others. And the title of this is 1968 to 2018, A Half Century of Hope, A Legacy of Life and Love. This Pregnancy Center Service Report is the third edition. There were some previous versions called The Passion to Serve. But the reality is that today's successes, as evidenced by the statistics in this report and the earlier ones, today's successes were actually yesterday's strategic planning. That it was someone sitting in a room, maybe across the kitchen table, maybe it was the conference room, or maybe it was just conversations that happened in the hallways at church or uh, over coffee somewhere. And people were saying, There's, we got to do more, we have to do better, we have to, to bring more tools to bear into this challenge of helping people make a life-affirming decision. And those people back in those days that tried all kinds of things. They were changing literature and they were changing titles and they we started in a certain place with how the center should be named. One of those is a, is a good example of being referred to as crisis pregnancy centers because that's what what was what was we realized we were engaging. We were engaging someone for whom their pregnancy was a crisis. Well, years later, we learned that the reality is that no one wants to be in that crisis pregnancy. So the goal was then to present ourselves in such a way that, that we, we spoke of the hope that we have. So you have centers named Hope Pregnancy Center. We talk about you know the importance of life choices, and centers are named life choices. And so that the, how we were named, how we were presented was very much about projecting to her where she wanted to be, something that was not a crisis. We wanted to help her beyond the crisis. So that began to change. And so when we understand how people of goodwill that were bringing their heart and their compassion and their, uh, in some cases, their expertise and messaging and branding and how we learned to communicate the powerful story of what was happening in these uh, outposts of help and hope. We really began to, to, we look back now and see how the ministry has grown, how the innovation of those years has led us to celebrate this 50 years that's kind of captured in this particular report that's put out by Charlotte Lozier. And while it's a, it's important to look at 2017's numbers, which actually these are 2017's, I realize it says 2018, but just for the insiders, in order to have a report written in 2018, we had to use 2017 information. But in order to see that, we have to realize that that's, that's not just a look the past is really an invitation to look forward with the clarity of the past. There's an old Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Uh, the second best time is now. So in, in some senses, this is an excellent opportunity to look back at the work, but also to see what does it tell us about the future? What trends does the report reveal? Uh, I believe this is uh, one of the key things that I think everyone and anyone involved in strategic planning or that touches the strategic plan or that would inform the strategic planning of any pregnancy center should read this report. They should read and understand what it says and what it doesn't say. The things that it indicates are happening and unfolding. You know, there's been lots of uh, trends that are going on in the pregnancy health community. Some have had fits and starts and are gaining greater footing, but we need to see and understand what that means. This is what the last 50 years looked like. 
what does the next 50 years look like? Now, I'll be the first to admit, we don't want to be having to do this ministry because this ministry says that there are people out there that are hurting, that are challenged by an unplanned or unintended pregnancy. And we'd rather that there would be no one that feels so alone or coerced, whether by their circumstances or by another individual, that the only path forward that they can see uh, would be to terminate the life of their child. That's something that we none of us want to have to do. But as long as that is the reality, and frankly, we believe that that, that truth will survive even, even something like change in the laws, Roe v. Wade being overturned being one of those, won't bring it into abortion. It'll simply move it to the states. Even if there was an actual life amendment, which would codify this in our U.S. Constitution for us, wouldn't necessarily address all unplanned, unintended pregnancies. We know that. And so the likelihood is that the work of pregnancy help will have to go forward in whatever way our, the culture of the future suggests to us. With that, we began to understand that it's important for us to look at what the next 50 years hold. What does this look like uh, going forward? What are the trends that we've seen? Well, we've seen a growth in medical services. One of the most startling things that's kind of need, need to step back in kind of caught me by surprise because we're, so, we're often so close to it when we're looking at the numbers on a, on a year-by-year basis that we, we forget even the, the reality. The report from 2009 that was originally done called A Passion to Serve, that was the first edition of this report, reported about 700 pregnancy centers in the U.S. that were providing ultrasounds. Uh, today, that number is over 1,900. It's, I mean, it's two and a half times what it was, and that's just in 10 years' time. So, obviously, there, there are more centers choosing to provide those, that, those kind of services, more medical people being involved. We're seeing so many professional healthcare people that are engaging both at the staff, paid staff level, and continuing it to enrich centers through their volunteer services. They're sitting on boards and bringing all that expertise to the table as far as helping people make not just good decisions about their pregnancy, but also helping make organizations uh, have good policies about how to serve in the medical uh, arena. Prenatal care in centers is growing. It's still rather small as a percentage of the whole, but it's one of those things that we're seeing more and more opportunities. There's, there's whole entities that now are organizing for a more robust, full-service, if you will, uh, medical outreach that a center is essentially providing many, many medical services and one of those is STD and STI testing and treatment uh, to reach into areas that opens up often that opens up an opportunity to serve more guides. As we know, they're a major factor in pregnancy decision. So to be able to connect with more men in this matter is a good thing to create a pathway, particularly relative to campuses and whatnot, where we can get maybe get some some actual not just intervention services, but prevention services to get the message of life and the, the reality of uh, sexual integrity or sexual risk avoidance, we can sow those seeds into some of the communities that we're serving so that we won't see them in the center later relative to a pregnancy decision, but we'll begin to sow the seeds of life into them before they, they have that experience themselves. So not only are we seeing growth in, in medical services, but we're seeing new and engaging methods continue to impact the work. You know, one of the things that's highlighted here is the the growth of mobile units, you know, that, that's, that's still been happening at a, a great, at, a, at a significant rate over the last several years with our friends at ICU Mobile and uh, Save the Storks have been uh, championing that particular uh, method. Now, that's a method. That's something to remember is pregnancy center as a, whether it's a brick and mortar or it's a standalone building or it's, it's a rented space in a medical office or it's in a strip mall or it's on wheels or whatever, those, those are actually are just methods. It is, it's not the mission 
of the pregnancy health movement to operate centers. It's the mission of the pregnancy health movement to provide pregnancy help to those in need. And it's the methods of a brick and mortar center or a mobile unit. And uh, in some cases, the, there may be new methods that, that, that are coming on board. How do we do this? How does the healthcare industry do it? What does the future suggest about healthcare? And how can we see and model what they're doing? Can we learn from what our friends that are working in the healthcare world, can we watch where they're going, what they're doing, how they're meeting the challenges of the day, things like telehealth and telemedicine, things, you know, uh, uh, there's things that you can now get delivered to your door that couldn't be done before. You had to go and have special permissions from that. So as we look to the future, we have to begin to respond to those kind of things. When we look at something like uh, abortion pill reversal uh, and the, the rise of the abortion pill rescue network, uh, now that's reached over 550 babies have been born and there are some, st several that are in the womb ready to be born that, that are being monitored closely. We're grateful for the work of Culture of Life Family Services and Dr. Delgado for pioneering that and it's been, that's been great to now include as part of the Heartbeat International programming and, and to bring the, the, uh, the tool of option line into that. We're already seeing the numbers even just in a, in a couple of months since we've, we've begun that uh, working uh, with that, we, that we've seen those numbers double. Uh, nurses are busier than ever that are answering those calls. So those are new and important interventions that we need to understand that that's growing. But the reality of the abortion landscape really is one that shows that chemical abortions is increasing at a, at a rapid rate, even as surgical abortions are declining. So although in the past our methods have oriented us towards uh, surgical abortions and abortion facilities. Maybe you know several uh, several organizations have felt called to be wherever that abortion clinic is and right next to them, and uh, we certainly understand that. But what happens in the day when most abortions are being done not at a local provider's physical location? What happens when those things are being delivered over through Amazon or whatever uh, methodology? Those are things that that have to kind of capture our attention because as we see the changes ahead we see changes in, in the challenges. And this is that's one of the, probably the biggest ones that we can foresee. But we also, of course, see changes in the culture. Our culture is becoming more digitally minded. Seemingly, our phones are surgically attached to our hands now. They, they represent all of our brain power, things like, I, I know I personally probably couldn't remember my own phone number if it wasn't recorded in my phone. Uh, but those are the kind of things that we have to adapt to, is really being able to integrate. So what does the last 50 years look ahead and tell us? How are the clients changing? Uh, we've talked in the past uh, uh, in our office about how there used to be a lot of things that a stigma regarding abortion and pursuing abortion and, and it's something that our opponents make it, try to make a big deal out of. I, I'm actually finding that over the last many years our culture has changed. It's uh, An unplanned pregnancy is, is all too common amongst our target population and it's not as big a deal to make those things known and so we have to realize that you know as as social media plays out uh, more things socially as people tell more about themselves, they become more open about their problems and their challenges, which actually gives us a greater entree into helping serve them and those and help them make, hopefully, uh, life-affirming decisions uh, as we look to champion both the gift of life and the giver of life. And so it's not just looking back, looking forward. So years from now, there will likely be a fourth edition and uh, the question is, where will your center fit in? Are you taking good statistics? Are you leveraging the information that you're seeing? Are you reporting and are you finding those and are you evaluating those in your center? 
Are they being evaluated at the board level? Are you taking them into consideration? Are you looking at the long term? Not just this year versus last year, but the last 10 years. I was talking to a center this morning that was started in 1971, and uh, they've been at this 40-plus years, and it's kind of amazing to see the growth that they've been through. But are we looking at long-term planning? Are we looking beyond that three-year strategic planning window? Those are important. That next year is a lot of things that are happening, but are we thinking what's going on in the next year, the next two years, next three years? Things that we might have examined a few years ago, but then we set aside then, it's time to reconsider those. It's time to look at them again and say, hmm, we looked past going medical a few years ago. Is it time to do that? Is it time to revisit that? What are the opportunities? We've been exploring over the last, uh, there's been several conferences. Uh, something my, my friend Tim Walsh introduced me to is this the concept of futuring, where we really begin to look not so much at the short window of strategic planning, three to five years, but we look at more of the environment in which our organizations will operate in the next 10 to 15 to 20 years. And what is that environment? And so Futuring really invites us to understand uh, or at least kind of project what does the center of the future, what environment will they be having to deal with? What are the changes and the trends that are happening in our culture, in our clients, uh, and in the challenges we face? What will that suggest for us? And how might we then orient to, uh, to deal with those things? So it's not just the short-term, more specific planning of the three-year window or five-year window, but it's long-term how is our service area changing? How is, how is our city changing? How is our county changing? And how do we need to position ourselves for the client that we'll, we will want to, be, want to be serving in that time 10 years from now, 15 years from now? And of course, the biggest thing that we need to look for any of our planning or futuring is really the discerning of the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us? How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us, not just about how to make this year's budget, although that's extremely important, but how do we see the center of the organization being positioned going forward? Are there opportunities for economies of scale? Is, is, there, is it time to have a merger discussion with a nearby center? Is it time to consider something like housing? That's something that we've been, we were excited to see part of this report. There are more and more pregnancy center organizations that are envisioning uh, their own housing ministry with a home in the community nearby. And there are also homes, maternity homes, that are looking at pregnancy centers and, and those that are already making all that happen under one kind of brand organization. And to us, all of that is pregnancy health. It's just a different method of delivering life-affirming ministry. So as we see this past century of hope and a legacy of life and love, we still have more life and love to give to this work, to share with those that we're serving, and we still have the opportunity to do what the Lord has called us in reaching more and more people with life-saving ministry. It's my conviction that we really need to use this report as a window into where is the future? What will that report of the future uh, be written, and how will we all be included in that? Of course, we, we hope and expect the numbers to grow. We expect the 2 million that it talks about serving to turn into 3 million or 4 million. But that's only going to happen because we have been intentional about finding more ways to reach more people with the good work of pregnancy help. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy Help Podcast. To subscribe to future episodes access resources related to today's session, or listen to previous episodes, visit www.heartbeatinternational.org podcast. Thanks for tuning in.